Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, pal? That was the best two minutes of my entire day. <laughs> it's time to get out. <laughs> you know, um, our good friend Ted Shaker uh, listened to our podcast eons ago, mm -hmm. and he suggested that I should sound energetic and not sigh so much. And um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Today ain't gonna be one of them days, Ted. I, uh, like I'm, I'm shocked at this. What, like, where, where? All right, let's begin. Here we are, Friday. It's Friday at four o'clock. Um, what happened at the close? Did they ramp it up at the close? I thought oh, they were. Uh, you said they were gonna uh, shake the tree. They shook the tree. Yeah. So we talked last night, and you were wondering which way it goes, and I said if it were me, I would pound them right out of the open and see if I could shake in anybody out of the tree. Yes. And I think that's pretty much what they did. Correct. So around 3 o'clock, I talked to correspondent Leslie Harris when I think they were down 90-something. Mm -hmm. And he said, what do you think? And I said, well, if it were me, uh, I'd probably, uh, you know, Figured they're going to rally them a bit into the close. There'll be some short covering. And, you know, that's sort of what happened. So I think they closed down 62 okay. points, the S&Ps. Just, just to bring everybody up to speed, um, it's Friday at 4.09 Eastern time. Mm -hmm. And so because of commitments uh, that um, marketing – and sales is made for Liam and I to make public appearances. We felt it was important to get this one on the record while we had time because, you know, the weekends are busy signing autographs and kissing babies and stuff. So, but, uh, and on top of that, sorry, Ted, uh, I had a really busy week. I'm just, <laughs> I just feel like eight pounds of shit in a four pound bag, Good. but I digress. Good. Um, so let's, Let's kind of do away with the nonsensical stuff uh, and focus on 
where we're at. What do you think about that? And then if we get through that, then we can be all shits and giggles. But um, last week, um, which I can barely remember, I think we had jello for dessert. I'm not sure. Uh, We talked about the concept of the rake coming out, and you'll know it when you see it. Well, as Leslie and I discussed earlier today, they opened the cabinet, and they're looking at which one they want to pull out. Okay. Okay. So um, not that anyone really gives a shit about my travel calendar, but I had to be out of town, and... um, Tuesday Mm -hmm. and Wednesday. And so I didn't have the luxury of uh, scrutinizing Chairman Powell's comments at the time. So um, yesterday, I started to get into it a little bit. And um, the way I go about doing things um, is, I mentioned, I've constantly re-research and look at news stories and focus on the market. And somehow through some uh, rain man, idiot savant process, which uh, is yet to be recreated through artificial intelligence, I, I come to decisions on things. And when I had time to digest what he said, my anxiety level went to 11 and it has it has remained there so i have self-diagnosed and when we're done with the podcast i've prescribed myself two ounces of tequila and five milligrams of thc stat okay so right is a brief brief glimmer right got it yeah well i proved i could do it what what happened what did he say because i thought he just repeated jackson hole what did what did you take out of those tea leaves here we are reading the tea leaves but go ahead what what raised your anxiety to 11 i guess uh and i'm sorry we're not better prepared as i mentioned it's 4 10 on friday right Typically, Saturday, Sunday, I have time to collect my thoughts and present a cohesive narrative. Um, Right now, we don't have that. So what I'm trying to do is piece this together. It's an excellent question. Let me try and describe where I'm getting at here. Um, So he talked about maintaining the discipline to get inflation back down to 2%. Mm -hmm. So he's hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, okay? Like frickin' Donkey Kong, right, or Whack-A-Mole, okay? And so I think the two-year yields this week were up 30 basis points, which is a rather significant move on something that yields 3%, right? On top of that, you saw the yield curve flatten substantially. And I don't know how much it flattened. Uh, I didn't bother looking it up, but if the two years are 420 and the 10 year is uh, 368, 
you know, what's that, 50-something basis points? That That's getting to record levels, okay? That means a lot of things, okay? First of all, the, um, the dilettante of the market will say, well, it's a great recession predictor, okay? Guaranteed, and right. in the past, it has been, yep. okay? More of a denizen of the fixed income market, okay? <laughs> Today's like a fish show where every song begins with a D. <laughs> Um, the market is saying what the Fed is doing is what's called a policy error. Yep. Meaning the market thinks the Fed is tightening too aggressively. Okay. So why is my anxiety level gone up? Um, it's gone up because what happens is we have two separate markets which have one thing in common. When I say two separate markets, I'm talking about the front end of the curve and the back end of the curve. Um, when I, so that's what I mean by two separate markets. But they're held together by one thing, which is inflation. Okay. So um, you get some good inflation news right? Let's say meaning it's a little better than expected. Yeah. Well, the front end's going to think maybe they won't tighten as aggressively. And the long end's going to say, well, they're undoing their policy error. They may undo their policy error. Okay. So the front end will go up and the long end will go down in price. You get worse inflation news then the opposite will obtain, right? They'll say, well, they're mm -hmm. going to continue, if not be more aggressive, so the front end gets hit and the back end rips. Yep, yep. There's nothing Wall Street likes less than an inverted yield curve, okay? First and foremost, and I'm going to say this a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's true, okay? A lot of guys, whether they know it or not, who work for Wall Street firms, they're what we call carry and roll down. Because yeah. I know, I know, but stay with me. My, you can tell by the look on my face, I'm not in that humorous mood just yet. Mm -hmm. I okay. understand. Yeah. So when you're carrying inventory, your inventory has a high yield. And your cost of funds has a somewhat lower yield. Yep. So that's your carry. And your roll down is typically in a steep yield curve. What you're long rolls down the curve, meaning the yield drops, which, okay. as we know, means the price goes up. Okay. So anyone who thinks carry and roll down is the keys to uh, fame and fortune. Uh, obviously has not been paying attention to the last several months because not only have you had your nads and your uh, genitals ripped off, you've had your guts split open and tailed and set on fire while the four horses of the apocalypse rich, rip each of your, your limbs. 
No corner. Who, that was Mel Gibson, right? Okay. Oh, I don't. We don't talk about him. Oh yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Um, because what's happening? The carry and roll down is this: you're long the front end, you're short the back end, and the long end doesn't roll down quite mm -hmm. as fast. Okay. So what's happening is the the carry roll down. You're long, and the short end's actually going down in price, and you're you're. Your um, short, the long end is going up in price. Right. But thanks to being a primary dealer where you get infinite leverage, it's just the perfect marriage of everything coming together. Um, did I explain that? Absolutely. Well enough? Okay. So let's go back to the, the adult in the room. Why my anxiety level has gone up is we're now going to go from PPI and CPI print yep. from one month to the next. And we're going to have wild volatility and fixed income. And being a fixed income guy, everything revolves around fixed income. What does old chestnut do when he gets up in the morning? He looks at the two-year note, mm -hmm. right? The two-year note closes at a 418. Now, we've been talking for months, I believe, I'm sure if I'm wrong, I'll get plenty of feedback. But I think uh, I explained in what has, uh, in the culture that trades tapes of our shows, the two-year masterclass, yep. mm -hmm. I explained how the two-year note can trade in a range. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it, it, welcome to the range. Yeah. So. Wow. I mean, what did they move the funds rate to? Three and a quarter this yep. week, I think, ish. If I'm wrong, forgive me. I'm a little, I'm a little old. But so now, you know, the funds rates the overnight rate. The two-year note is the two-year note. But you know, so you got a two-year curve. So the two years should trade over okay, mm -hmm. the the overnight rate. Yeah. How much? depends on your perception of Fed policy, okay? So they bash the shit out of the thing, okay? But now when you look at like the dot plots mm -hmm. and what the terminal value might be, mm -hmm. you know, you've got guys talking about a terminal value of maybe 4.5% on the funds rate. You could easily, the two-year note 100 over, which would be five and a half, which is another 132 basis points from here. Yeah, I, I'm not predicting that, but, but I'm dot, just saying. The dot plots have, right? Well, that's just someone else's forecast. Of course, right? right. Okay. But they pay attention to that. You know, they, 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 that they has do. reared its head they, this week. Again. It, it has. And, you know, somebody said to me, why do they invent economists? It's to make meteorologists look good. Um, I forget who said that, so I'll take credit for yeah, it. Um, but um, going back to my anxiety level about the Powell stuff. So now, to me, the market has lost its moorings. So now you're the ship at sea. You've kind of lost your heading. 
you know, maybe you get some long range radar saying, you know, I've saw the, the shipping, the containers, the prices has tripled and now they've untripled, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some of the inflation stuff is slowing. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll start making chips. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But tap, they knock gas down to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But the market by any stretch of the imagination was not cheap and is not cheap. And so I was talking to, uh, I think again, Leslie, I'm, I'm running out of friends. So I'm, I'm, I know, you know that list. I, I asked about it's, your 10 it's small. I laughed, feel 10. Yeah. Yeah. 10 friends. It's offered at six. <laughs> And I don't think there's a lot offered there. Say, I was going to say, means the real offer is four. <laughs> Spoofing it. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> um, so clearly, I fancy myself uh, a stock guy, even though I have no qualifications, which everyone's quick to remind me of. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the antiquated Schiller price earnings ratio, and I, I emailed with Big Ed today, and he asked me how it looks. And I said, well, the good news is it's lower. He said, oh, that's great. And I said, yeah, it's back to where it was the Tuesday before the crash of 1929. <laughs> <laughs> looks good. Jeez. So um, I think that the volatility is going to require several things. One is it's going to require price earnings ratios to come down, even absent the fact that rates are higher. They should come down because rates are higher because, like it or not, the mm -hmm. math is the math. Okay, mm -hmm. You add uncertainty to it, right? Yep, the range. Okay. You have an inverted deal curve, which makes dealers – not less interested and makes them uninterested in carrying inventory. What's that mean? Well, when you come in for a bid, I'll tell you, uh, your bid is going to suck. They're going to show you a shit bid. Why? Because yep. they can. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, for all of the weeks and years where I've been talking about keeping some powder dry, Okay, here we are. Now, I'd like to make it clear that I have an internal conflict. Okay, nothing in the world of business gives me more joy than watching fucking value destroyed like we've seen over the last few months. Okay, it's what I live for. Okay. You know, for the premium subscribers, when we talk about my early childhood experiences, they'll understand, but, you know, okay. yep. there's a paywall for that one. Um, but. Um, Dude, why is that? Why, like, explain to me your. your why I like that? Like, yeah, that deep rooted joy in that. Yeah. Be, be, because when you run high leverage, like I do, okay, did. I don't anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you you have to be on high alert 
for, you know, a problem. You, you will recall a few weeks ago, I commented that I thought there might be civil unrest because of some political group. And then, of yeah, course, yeah. got all sorts of hate mail. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But they missed the point, which is I'm, I'm just saying it's civil unrest. I don't care if it's the Mother Teresa in training group for Mother Teresa setting fire to the Capitol. Uh, that's a concern. Yep. Right? Why? Because it happened and it, it might happen again. And if it happens again on Monday, when the spoos are down 100, they're going down 300. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just, whether it was a time India, mm-hmm. India had nuclear had missiles. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, look, this is not a time to be lugging around a lot of risky positions. And so when you get periods like now where shit is coming unglued, and I'll get back to that with a few examples, I love it because I'm ready. Yep. Okay. Okay. So um, the other side of me is, you know, I I mean, look, I, I have some sensitivity to the poor people who believed Michael Novogratz and believed Matt Damon and believe all these, you know, guys talking about stocks are going up and Bitcoin's going up. And because, you know, I don't laugh at it inhumanely. I understand money's complicated. Yep. Yep. You know, whether you think I have a gift for it or not, I'll leave that up to you. But, you know, I got a pile. Mm-hmm. Not easy to get, so I, I think I have some confidence with what I speak, and and so I'll give you an example. Coming into today, uh, for all intents and purposes, I was a hundred percent cash. Okay, I put in some bids on those uh, three of those four securities that I traffic in. The, the Muni, floaty. yeah, the floaty, the the, the preferreds, mm-hmm. and the the um, the Muni, which by the way traded. So if my Muni pals are listening, it traded, and I didn't get a phone call. So we're going to have a talk on Monday because <laughs> I would have bought somewhere they traded, but they've eviscerated these things, which leads me to believe that. This isn't a bunch of guys just pounding on it for shits and giggles. Guys are getting told to get positions down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, old chestnut for a reason. Um, my first job at the Board of Trade was a man. Um, I don't want to mention his name because I don't have permission. But a bit older than me. And I've kept in touch with his son, who I love to death. I mean, he's your age, so it's, but, but, you know, I'd go over and talk to him from time to time. And he was constantly trying to talk me out of being a trader. He's like, you know, look, you're really smart kid, talented. You can do better. I'm like, yeah, great. Uh, it's not what I want to do. Right. 
He says, I don't think you understand what it's like being a trader. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you go into work, and if you lose a bunch of money, you go home, and you lost a bunch of money. There's no paycheck at the end of the week. You're working without a net. And I said, well, I mean, don't you plan on making money? And he's like, yeah, but you have weeks where you don't. And when you're new, you don't have a big cushion to lean on. I said, well, you know, I'm trying to look at the bright side. I said, well, you know, you start small, you have some savings. And then he goes on to tell me about the alcoholism, theses, the drug abuse, the hypertension. This was my favorite, the diarrhea from the uh, from the yeah. anxiety. Okay. Yeah, irritable bowels. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He says, you know, know what you're signing up for. And, of course, I, I signed up for it immediately. Yeah, and, of course, no every problem, fucking man. thing he told me and then some, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the reason I brought him up was we were sitting around one day. And as most people do, they, they ask typical questions. And my question to him was, tell me about your worst day. And he said, I went to work for him when he was in the bond pit, but he started in the bean pit. And he said, um, uh, effectively, uh, you know, one day I lost 300 grand. This is 1977. Mm -hmm. Okay. And even to him, that was a lot of money, right? Okay. And he described how, you know, he got out at 80%, but it was really the last 20% that totally fucked him. And he went on to describe how, you know, there, the, the, the pit went bidless. And so he ended up, he owned November beans, which was the front month. But he started hitting back month bids just to sell something. Mm-hmm. And so I... I said, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't understand. Can you explain that to me? He said, when you know the market's going down and you know you have to get out, you sell what you can. So that's what I saw happen today. Interesting. Okay. So bonds that I traffic in are long-dated bonds. Okay. They went down today. The treasuries went up. Yeah. Now, before everyone jumps up and says, well, credit spreads wide, that's fine. Okay. But we're not talking about shit credit. We're talking about stuff that might be single or double A, but it's so high up the credit stack. And then, um, as another example, you know, my largest position uh, is in these floaters. The higher the short rate goes, the better you want a floater. Well, the two year note went up by 4.30 seconds, excuse me, 
went down by 430 seconds in price, which is six or seven basis points, meaning the floaters should do better. Mm-hmm. They monkey hammered the floaters. Because they can? Because they, yeah, they Because they sell what they can. Yep. And that is not an indication of a stable liquid market. You with me? Yeah, 100%. So, and by the way, I do think. What's that, mem- hold on. How do you read that? What do you read? You just because you see the volume or you see the manner or you see the price? What, like, what do you see that? that well, I just, you off the, you just, just, know that- just pretty simply, if you have an issue, a security like a floater, is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. interest rates go up, the price of the floater should go up because mm-hmm. your coupon is going to reset at a higher rate. You're going to get a bigger distribution. Yep. Or at worst, it should be unchanged. Okay. Yep. Yep. If you want to say credit spreads blew out today, so maybe it's a little cheaper, uh, you know, fine. But these things, I'm not anxious about okay. the, the credit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I the think- Muni, the Muni got whacked. They got rid of the Munis. Well, the Muni is enough, got enough hair on it. First of all, Muni guys, unless it's a semi-annual coupon fixed, okay, trading around par, nobody wants them, which is why when guys bring these issues to market, they trade tighter than a frog's ass. Got it. Yep. I have spent the last X number of years with my Muni buddies trafficking in these um, municipal mm-hmm. mortgages because, you know, Muni guys, they don't, I mean, they're the ones with the ties that are still four <laughs> inches wide, made from imported polyester. They're not, it's not the Xenia. Yeah, right. So that's one of the ways we had made a lot of money over the years is because, you know, mm-hmm. once they get stamped with Muni, nobody wants them. They get shoved off into the corner. Yeah. And so guys, eggheads like me and my crew, mm-hmm. and to tell you how far the food chain this goes down, one of my wealth managers was just busting my balls about doing my muni business because I I used to spin a pretty good line in these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm going back and forth with them. And I'm like, okay, fine, here. And he comes back with the report like, this is horrible. Your client is exposed to nothing. But these kind of munis, I don't think he completely understands the risk he's taking. Yada, 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 yada. I'm like, okay, great, thanks. Click. And we went on our merry way and, you know, raping and pillaging. And, yeah, exactly. Okay. Millions yeah. of dollars later. Yeah, and it and it was that. I mean, the, the size we traded is just was, I mean, there were blocks of bonds we took down that I, I did actually have some anxiety over, you know, because 
I was part of the underwriting. Like, you know, we course, agreed yeah. we're going to take, I don't want to put numbers on it because it's yep, yep, irrelevant, yep. but it was like, okay, the underwriter would come to us and say, if you take this chunk, you can have them here. Mm-hmm. And so we'd be like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, we had to flip them out right now. I didn't get to participate in the profit of the flipping out to the clients, but I got to buy them what we thought was well below the bid side. Okay. Yep. But I mean, I guess if a dealer hits you, that's the bid side, right? So I don't know how it can be anyway. Um, so I, I've kind of lost my train of thought here a little bit, but we're talking about when the market comes unglued, right? Yep, yep. And so why I like it so much, especially now that I'm not in that, and I'm going to just beat this like, like a dead horse. Since now I don't have the advantage of working for a primary dealer and I can sit quietly and analyze stuff, it's like a fucking kid in a candy store. I got a fucking war chest mm-hmm. and it's like that scene in um, trading places where they sold all of those for orange juice futures mm-hmm. and they're buying them back. I'll buy one from you and I'll buy one from you. And I, <laughs> and, and I haven't even started on the stock market yet. Yeah. So uh, I, I hate to make predictions about the future, yada, yada, yada. You're on, you're on fire. <laughs> I, I, I do actually, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pat myself on the back or our, because it's a team, right? Mm-hmm. Team. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we kind of nailed this. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, when you leave on Friday afternoon or Sunday night, you say, you know, I might urge caution this week and you... <laughs> Dude, dude, the two-year, maybe it's to me it's yellow car syndrome. Like once you get one, you see them. Dude, the two-year has gotten more headlines and That's because everyone's stealing our shit. Kramer's sitting there. Kramer's shitting at home. And by the way, so you somebody, you, sent me a tweet saying it's the most overbought. Kramer, that was Kramer saying that. Yeah. Okay, now look, I'm going to be gentle because – Ted Shaker said Kramer's a really nice guy. Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I say this in, in an offer of trying to help you learn. Stay away from bonds. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay. Do yourself and everybody else a favor. That a security that's been pounded relentlessly for months, the two-year note is up over 300 basis points in six months. I don't know how that's overbought. I, you know, maybe, maybe remember when I fell off my bike in Arizona, maybe and lost my phone, maybe I had a concussion and I got the price yield thing backwards, but nothing goes from 12 basis points to 418 basis points. And can be considered overbought. Do you? I, I know it's not fair. expertise, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So way to go, champ. And uh, <laughs> um, 
So uh, I'm starting to loosen up here a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, the, your, your anxiety yeah. is starting to fade away, okay? Yeah. Um, well, well, I, sure, so, like, give me the – so the anxiety, like, what is the – what's the – walk me through the the pending the pending gloom that you're anxious about. Well, so the market has done something in a atypically severe okay. uh, situation. They have concluded unequivocally that – not only has there been a policy mistake by the Fed, they're attempting to pinpoint the precise time that they're going to give up on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you ain't going to know till then. And between here and there, it's it's like one of my friends who I love to death um, tells me about Kathy Wood. And... Her stock closed today at, let me just take a look. Oh, that poor gal, 37.83. Oh, I was say so I feel, I feel terrible. So I suspect at this point, no one who's bought it is up money. Okay. Okay. But so my friend makes the point when I said to him, you know, the stock's at 38. And he said, don't talk to me about where the price is now. Talk to me about where it is in 10 years. And I said, listen, bud, <laughs> you know, this is not a 10 year business. No, 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 no. You know, you're Warren Buffett, you get 10 years, but, and at his age, you don't even get 10 years. <laughs> so, you know, everything's about the price today. And, and yeah. so I keep losing my train of thought here, but but what, what I did today, if this can be instructive, yep. okay, because that's what I'm really trying to do here. First of all, I have no leverage in the system. I've made that painfully clear. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have great liquidity. Okay. And they've taken everything and thrown it out with the bathwater. So my first step is to look at the things I'm most comfortable with, and that's clearly fixed income, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know by now, I'm shitty with the stock market, okay? But I'm, I'm still holding out hope. It's not yet. Le Leslie told me I just decided I can't make money in stocks. I think he's right. He's well, I, I'm, I can change. Okay. All I right. can change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what I did today was, I think I took five percent of my war chest, mm -hmm. and I put bids in on three of the four things I traffic in. Of course, my Muni guys—I don't know—one guy's in Germany, one guy's in oh. Florida. You know, I thought they were working for me, but no, <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, I got hit on shit. It's it. It dumb levels. Wow. And um, the levels look cheap today, but on a forward basis, I, I haven't run the calculation yet because we started the show so early. But I'm guessing I bought some stuff near on 7% one year from now. Wow. Now, you know, let's say a year from now it's 
seven percent. Okay, well okay. then I um, I broke even, and Ray Dalio tell me inflation, yada yada yada. But in a year, the next one year forward will be seven sixty. Yep. Okay. But you throw on top of that the fact that the paper I own is going up in yield. When you look at the treasury curve, the longer paper is going down in yield, down, yeah. which gives me, in my mind, not only cushion, but some, but some confidence that the market thinks the Fed's made a policy error. So when the pressure comes off the fixed income stuff and six months go by and we're in a recession, which I, I think we'll be in, the shit that I bought today is going to be up a lot of money. Yeah. Now, you could say, well, isn't that true for the stock market? And and it is to some degree, okay? But as Anthony Peters likes to point out, you know, you buy a bond, you get the yield, you hold the maturity, that's the yield you get. The price may go up or down between now and then, but if you buy a 6% yield with reinvestment assumptions aside mm -hmm. and you hold the maturity, you get your 6%. Yep. You buy a stock with a dividend yield of 4%, they can cut the dividend, they can raise the dividend, the price can go up, the price can go down. There's no maturity, right? Yep. So I'm trying to be uncharacteristically patient buying the stock market. So as you saw what I do with fixed income, I'm buying stuff that I'm willing to, um, to read from the trader's manual. I'm willing to take with me to the mattresses and wait it out because I think there's, there's value there. So, um, you still there? I'm going to wait it out. Morris, I lost. You still there, bud? Okay. There you go. That's it. If you want to do 45 minutes, we did 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, enjoy your weekend, folks. MB gave you a breakdown on the two-year and a full breakdown of his anxiety <laughs> going forward. All right. I lost the connection. There's no way we're redoing it. Yeah. I think you for froze him, there, my friend. Caution. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your weekend inside baseball cast at Gmail. Before I go, I how do you think we should handle Diamond, this? Kind of uh, wait for a few minutes and see if it comes back. Uh, oil and gas and cryptocurrency because he sat there and he is the greatest of all time answering questions to Congress after his performance this week. And uh, that's about it. I really wanted to talk to MB about David Solomon. He got some more bad press this week, um, but we interrupted his nap at four o'clock for the show. And thank you, MB. We will see you next week, folks. Go listen to the market huddle.